Thank you for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Pass It On by Bishop Herbert Bailey. All right. Well, let's go to the Word of God. I want to, this theme the Lord gave me some months back called multi-generational faith. Uh, it just so happened that my two of my sons and I, there's a, a, one of our local worship leaders and artists here, John, John Lakin, he and his father and I were colleagues his, in the city. His father went to be with the Lord just a few months back, and uh, he does a, a weekly uh, television uh, program on Sunday mornings while we're in church. I really never get a chance to, to watch it. But he interviewed two of my sons and I because he ran quickly. asked to do that. So only two of them were there to be available, Pastor Chandler and Tyler. But um, we were on interview, and so the question came up about our family or something like that. And Chandler said, he said, he said, someone said, how would you describe your family? What's going on with your family? And Chandler said, we are a family of faith. He said, we are a family of faith. And then at one point he asked me, well, what was, what was your greatest challenge that you've had, your greatest faith challenge? I said, when I went, some of you heard the story, when I went full-time in ministry back in 1996, and the Lord told me to do nothing else. Now, y'all really didn't understand it. Some of you, y'all keep randomly hearing about my various jobs, but as long as I know I've worked. My, my first jobs were on weekends uh, when I was like nine and ten years old. I begged my mother and begged my mother and begged my mother to buy me what y'all, what we call a cart, y'all would call a buggy. Okay? Um, and those one day were on two wheels. And people in the city would have those because many times, long before we had malls and all this, these big shopping centers, you know, you may have what we call an Acme right on the city street. No really place to park there. And, uh, uh, and then people from apartments and around. And we kids, we used to stand there, lined up, lined up to just get the bags and carry them. And, and so I remember doing that at 10 years old. I remember shining shoes on the street. Yeah, just like you see on TV. Okay? At 11 and 12. And um, I, I have paper routes. I had paper routes. I had two paper routes. Okay? And then... Uh, I have one, 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 one paper route that went to Pastor Byron's community, and I had to give up that one because they held me up. <laughs> Two blocks away from me, right at, right at Bergen and Communipaw. Two blocks from you, right? <laughs> that was back in the day, and I got held up. Seriously, kid broke up. He, was, he watched me the whole time. It was a collection day around Christmas time. He knew something about paper routes because when paper routes, they, they would give you extra money for Christmas. And he just talking to me, riding along. And I came out of my last house. He knew my route. And he, he had a broken bottle, put it in my neck and told me to give, give me all my... I was like 11 years old. Okay? Like 11 years old. And so my mother made me quit that paper route and I, could, and I kept the paper route in the other neighborhood. I kept, I kept one paper route, but I'd get rid of the other paper route in, in the neighborhood, and I kept the paper route in the other neighborhood. Y'all understand? 
but I've worked as long as, and so, and, 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 and I've always known what my hands could do before I knew scripture. I knew the scripture that God will bless the work of your hands. I knew if I work, God will bless me. And now the Lord tells me, you do nothing else but ministry. Got my degrees coming up the corporate ladder. And far as I'm concerned, a boy from the projects in Jersey, New Jersey, I'm being, I'm, I'm being paid $65,000 a year with bonuses. Got a corporate platinum American Express. Got a briefcase. Got a company car. Got an expense account. And I go from that down to zero. And the Lord says, do nothing else but, but ministry. And I knew I had to hear, I, you know, that, that's something you don't want to be messing up on. Because when, when you say, well, Lord told me don't, don't do anything else but ministry, or Lord told me not to go work a secular job, you can't be going to other folks asking them to pay your rent. Because when God tells you to do something by faith, you got to walk that thing out. And so now the Lord called me to be full-time in ministry, and, and, I'm, and I had to hear God. And so I was sharing that story and how we did, I did nothing. We've been full-time in ministry since 1996. As a matter of fact, someone said to me, a woman told me, she said, Barely, said, didn't you used to work at the phone? What company you didn't? What you work at the phone company at Verizon? I said, no, 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 ma'am. I said, I've been a full-time pastor for 25 years. And so I had to trust God. And so when they asked my son, Chan, how do you describe it? He said, my family is a family of faith. He said, I watched my father start from nothing and what God did in his life. He said, and so I described our family as a family of faith. He said, and so he said, so my, my, my brother Tyler, he, he, he used that faith to, to start a law firm. He said, I had to, he, he, said, he said, I used that faith when I got expelled from, from high school to talk about now I'm going to a college. A private college. Then I believe God, God for scholarship. My daughter used that faith. Connor's used the faith. When she went to New York, I said, Connor, you understand what I'm saying, Connor. I just believe daddy going to take care of me while I'm in New York kind of faith. Okay. Uh, but but my, my daughter used her faith to, 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 to start a new, whole new life in New York. My son used his faith to, to, go, to, to go around the world play, playing basketball. We are a family of faith. And, and when he said that, I said, thank you, Lord. That we are a family of multi-generational faith. And God wants every family to be a family of multi-generational faith. That your faith of your children go to a whole nother level. As a matter of fact, when my son Tyler, when he went to go start a law firm after graduating from law school, I said, well, no, no, wait, oh, slow down. He said, no, dad, I really believe this is what the Lord wants me to do. And, and he never had to ask me for anything. He didn't ask me for anything to start the law firm. I voluntarily helped him, but he didn't ask me for anything. And has never had to ask me for anything other than stand on my feet all day from 7 o'clock a.m. to 7 p.m. And saying, this is my son, Tyler Bailey. He's running for city council law. Would you please consider voting for him? Other than asking me to do that for 12 hours. The day before I got to preach at our, the biggest conference of the year, he hasn't asked me for anything. Really, he hasn't asked me for any finances. And, and so, but when he got ready to start that law firm, I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. That's, that that's going to take a whole lot. That, uh, and the Lord said to me, he said, you cannot raise your family and raise your children teaching them faith and then expect them not to use it. And, and what, what I understood is I know what it takes to walk in faith. 
I know because you say you're in faith don't mean you immediately going to roll over in money. I know because you say that you're in faith, it doesn't mean that you're always going to see where the provision is. I know to walk by faith means you walk through some scary places. Are you hearing me? I, I told you, I don't know if all y'all don't follow me on social media, but this is bad repeating, never heard before. There was a man, he came to the wrong precinct and he had walked for two miles to get there. Then he said, I guess I'll walk back. I said, where well, you got to go, sir? And, and he said, well, I'm, they tell me I'm wrong. So I, I took him to another precinct and, and he looked at me, he said, you Bishop Bailey. I said, he said, I'll watch you every Sunday. Lord, I'm in the car with you. Then he said, you give it raw. He said, now you be giving it raw. He says, it's a little hard to swallow. But when you swallow it, it's good for you. Look, look at your neighbor and say, this may be a little hard to swallow today, but when you, well, once you swallow it, it's good for you. Then he said, well, you could drop me off. I'll walk back. So I took him, I let him vote there. Then I took him back to his and he said, he said, this is, this is your God bless me today. He said, this is God. He said, I kept saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. You better, you better make up your scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. And so I know when you use your faith, you can go through things uh, that, that you can't tell anybody about because you're in faith. You can't say I'm in faith, the Lord told me to do this, and then whine. Oh, come on now. You can't be in faith, the Lord told me to do this, and then talk about how hard it is. Walk it out. And so my son tells me he wants to start a law firm. This one says he wants to do this. Then when, when, Chandler, when Chandler gets ready to buy his first house, I'm like, no, 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 not yet. How old were you? What, what's your house, son? 26, 27. I didn't get my first house until I was in my 40s. You, tw- you 27? No, no, no. Time out. You can't teach faith and then expect your kids not to use faith. And w- what I know, I was trying to keep, keep my family, my kids, from avoiding the hard places of faith. And you can't have multi-generational faith without taking risk and going through the hard places of faith. So the so subject I want to p- preach on today, uh, today and tomorrow, I'm not going to finish today. I ain't even started today yet. So I know I'm not going to finish. <laughs> and that is pass it on. Look, somebody say pass it on. God wants you to take what you have, to take what you've learned, to take what's been imparted and pass it on to your children, to your grandchildren, to your relatives, to your friends, to your co-workers. But especially in the context of this, especially to your family, God wants you to pass it on. Look at 2 Timothy 1st chapter and verse 5. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. And it reads, Paul is speaking here to Timothy. And it reads, when I call to, rem- when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith. That means sincere. It means sincere. He said, he said, y'all ain't playing with this thing. When I see the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother Eunice. 
I am persuaded that in thee also. He said, I, re- I know your grandmother. I know your mother. And you're the third generation. I believe that same faith, uncontaminated, sincere faith, has gone now to a third generation. He was helping Timothy to know, oh my goodness, there's something that's been passed on to you that you may not be conscious of. You got some stuff in you that you may not realize. My daughter's been married now uh, as of yesterday, one month. And they posted something, one month anniversary. One month. And, and I did some calculations. And she said, we've been married one month. I said, keep on going. I did some calculations. I said, your mom and I, we've been married 476 months. <laughs> did the calculations. I said, so, 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 so keep on going. Okay. Um, but at, at their wedding, my friend Bishop Seawright looks at my now son-in-law as he performed the ceremony. He said, he said, or said to Kendra, or said to her about Kendra, or to him about Kendra, he said, you've come from, she's come from good stock. And I said, amen. And then he looked at me and he said to her, and Kendra, he's come from good stock. And his father, his father yelled out, the best! <laughs> Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, you come from good stock. You come from a history, a legacy of faith. Now, he was letting Timothy know you have a foundation of faith. In this case, it's kind of unique. Because a lot of people accuse the, the Bible of being sexist. Okay, thank you for that word, Pastor Marshall. I was getting there. People accuse the Bible of being patriarchal. Elevating the man and the patriarchy, which needs to come down. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? <laughs> Got to fight the patriarchy. Fight the power! Okay. Accused the scripture of being patriarchal, male-dominated. But Paul talks about his lineage of faith on his maternal side. Timothy had a foundation of faith that was passed on through his maternal lineage, not his paternal lineage. Timothy was a resident of Lystra, and apparently, history tells us his father was Greek, but his mother was a Jew. I wonder how her parents felt about that. Where did you get this boy from? I don't know if they were married, don't know what the situation was, but his father was a Greek, meaning a non-Jew, meaning someone who was, uh, uh, the Bible even would use words like this, barbarians. People who worship many gods, and we know the Greeks worship many gods, All all the mythologies that we have, we know that from the Greeks. Zeus and Jupiter, et cetera, et cetera, and the Romans just did a different spin on it. I went to, I went to, um, we were in Rome. <laughs> I don't know how you do this, but there was a, there was a temp, there's a temple in the middle of Rome called the, the, um, the Parthenon. And it's still there. Now it's St. Mary's 
cathedral or something. They take it to what was a Greek temple to Greek gods and now made it a Catholic, Catholic shrine. And then that, that was the Romans. And, but the Greeks had a place called the, the, the Pantheon. And so the, the, the Romans just copied it, same gods, and gave it different names. And so that's the lineage of his father's side. Paul almost addresses Timothy like he's the product of a single mother. And live with mama and big mama. I'm saying that because some of us can relate to that. Some of us, we didn't come from the best intact families. Some of us didn't have fathers necessarily who served the Lord, but you may have a mama who served the Lord. You may have a father who was in the streets, but a mama who brought you to church. And I want you to see that everybody don't have the perfect family pedigree. But that don't mean that you can't pass your faith on. Are y'all listening to me? Sometimes it takes more effort when you don't have the reinforcement from the other parent. But in in Timothy's case, Paul's letting him know you got a legacy of faith from your mother and from your grandmother. And it's in you too. He later goes on to tell him, I'll also laid my hands on you in the presbytery and then he says I want you to get in touch with the legacy of faith you have know the impartation that you have watch this you have an impartation through your natural lineage you have an impartation an impartation through your through your spiritual lineage because I've laid my hands on you he said and I want you, oh my god I want you to take what you got from your parents on your natural side and I want you to take what you got from me as your spiritual parent on your spiritual side and stir it up. (laughs) Stir it up. Realize what you got in you and go and do and fulfill and pursue and create and dominate in the earth the way God wants you to dominate. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching myself here. I'm excited myself here. He reminds Timothy that he is the third generation of faith in his family. Somebody has to start this legacy of faith. For me, it was my uncle, Bishop Scotland Bailey. Pastor Wade is also a byproduct. His mom and I were first cousins. He's also the product of the faith of Bishop Bailey. Because if I remember correctly, his mom got saved under Bishop Bailey. Somebody got to start this thing. And can I tell you, for those of us and those of you who are starters, you got to be willing to be different. You got to be willing to be talked about. You got to be willing to be a little bit ostracized. You got to be willing to have folks look, at, look their nose down on you. You're going to have to go through all of that. But you realize it's bigger than you. It's about those who will come after you. Somebody has to start the legacy of faith. And it might as well be you. Somebody say, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. Because God is a multi-generational God. And what he does in one is always for the benefit of those who will follow. Let me say that again. What God does for one is always for the benefit of those who will follow. 
you know, I, I can always, I consider myself, you know, and, and I'm not being prideful or boastful as I say this here, but my wife can testify that I've always, even from a young age, and maybe because as a teenager, I spent a lot of time reading Proverbs. I would memorize Proverbs. I would read every day before I go to school. I would read Proverbs. And, re- and if you just read Proverbs, Proverbs just tells you how to, how to make decisions in life. You know, like Proverbs tell you stuff like this. I know she's fine and she's pretty and everything, but she don't have any class. She's a waste. So where's that in the scripture? I was meditating on that this morning. Where's that in the scripture? The Bible says, as a ring in a pig's snout, so is, so is a fair woman without discretion. Interpretation. She may be fine, but she don't have no class and no dignity. Stay away from her. So you learn things just by, just, just by reading Psalms. So I, I, always, I, I always, when people should tell me this, even as a young minister and as a young man, they say, you're wise beyond your years. You're wise beyond, because I spend a lot of time reading, I'm assuming because I spend a lot of time reading the, the Proverbs, and I was around older people too. You know, because I was, Mother Bailey told me, you got a calling on your life. So I didn't hang around kids because you got a calling on your life. We would all be in the church van and kids be laying there laughing and cracking up. And I'm in there laughing too. Laughing, we would get home. She said, you can't be laughing with the rest of the kids. I can't? No. You have a calling on your life. I said, oh. It'd be funny, but don't laugh. Because you got a calling on your life. Really. So it, it made me great. But, but I'm saying all that to say, I always would look and think about how does this fit in with that? I was, I was that kind of person. Before I took a job, I always knew I didn't know how it was going to happen. I always knew that my ultimate calling was to preach the gospel. So I would look, it would be, seem like a real good job. I'm like, but that's going to take me off track from ministry. Now I can't do that. Make real good money, but if I take this job, I won't be able to go to church on Wednesdays. And Wednesdays, is, in my background, is when I got my teaching. And so now you can't do that. That's just always kind of personal. I'll meet a young lady. So she's cute. She's fine and everything. But she'll never make a good pastor's wife. I would, I would think beyond where I was. Don't you think God thinks beyond where you are? When he chooses you, he thinks about your children and your children's children. He thinks about how this is going to work out in the future. Because the scripture says things like this. He establishes the ending at the beginning. Let me put it another way. I tweeted a few weeks ago, God never starts what he hasn't already finished. Oh, this is good. God never tells you to pursue what he hasn't already concluded. That's why the Bible says that, uh, that, if we, that he ordained for us to live the good lives, taking paths that he preordained for us to walk in is what the Amplified said. God wants us to live the good life, but we got to get on the path that he preordained for me to walk in. Are y'all listening to me? So God is a God who, see, who may choose now, but it's never about now. It's about what he's going to do with you in the future and what he's going to do through you. 1 Corinthians seven fourteen. So when you got saved, I want you to, all of you who think you got just rebellious children, who are not serving the Lord, not living for the Lord, and they're that devil, they go into the hell in a handbasket, and the devil. Stop that. Even if you feel like, don't talk like that. 1 Corinthians 7, 14. 
This scripture really blessed me. Nobody really, oh, people used to talk about it from the husband's standpoint or the spouse's standpoint, but it doesn't just address the spouse. It just addresses the next generation. First Corinthians seven fourteen. Okay. In the context, Paul was saying, he said, he said, just, just because you got saved and, and your husband still smoke weed, you can't leave them. That's what Paul's dressing. He said, just, just because you, just because you got saved and your wife still wants to go to the club where you met her at. <laughs> okay. Just because you decide to get saved and she has left the club where you met her at, where you was making it rain for her. Don't even worry about it if you don't understand. That's for those who are online. He said, you can't leave her. Because they were wondering, well, I'm a Christian now. They're not a Christian. I can just leave them. Paul said, no, 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 no. He said, if they want to stay with you, you should stay with them. He said, now, they don't believe they can make it with you you because you got saved now. He said, then let them go. And he he didn't tell you to go around saying, you don't think you can make it with me, don't you? You can't make it with me. Why don't you just leave? That ain't what he said. (laughs) Don't say make him leave. Somebody said, well, I'm just going to make him leave like the scripture said. No, that's not what it says either. And he says, the reason why you can't do that, just because you got saved and one of them didn't get saved, you got born again, one didn't get born again. He says, 1 Corinthians 7, 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the, by the believing wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. He said, when God saved you, he had your husband in mind. Oh, my God. When God saved you, he had your wife in mind. He said, so if you work this thing out right and you live the life, you should, it should just be a matter of time before they see the Jesus in you and they want to get saved too. The 2021 Direction Conference was three days of life-changing worship, word, and multi-generational faith. Conference hosts Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, along with conference guests Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Pastor John Jenkins, and Pastor Mark Baker, took us to another level in our faith, especially the faith that we pass down to generations after us. And you need to get that word today. To order today's message or the conference package, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Ask for the 2021 Direction Conference. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.